0: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report Podcast with Jill Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold.
1: Well, here we are at Wax 104.5. We're going to try this again. The lights are not flashing at me now, so it's Thursday morning. You've got Jill Welke here to do the farm chores. Shovel out that snow. Make sure you're careful while you're shoveling out that snow because it... It's pretty deep, and it got a little bit heavier overnight. So, our weather today, high of 22, breezy, snow likely. Tonight, negative 7. Tomorrow, high of 13, and cold, partial sun. Tomorrow night, uh, 3. Saturday, 28. Sunday, 34, and sun. Monday, 35, breezy with snow likely. Tuesday 32 and Wednesday 32, partial sun. So, we will be able to crawl out of this a little bit after we do some shoveling. Today, we're going to talk about U.S. beef exports. We're going to talk about uh, harvesting Ukraine in 2023. And we're uh, the Wisconsin's Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection Secretary, Randy Romansky. He went to a winter policy conference in Washington D.C., and he, his main aim, aim was to talk about animal health and get that information out there about that. So we're just going to work on getting the chores done, and hopefully the lights don't flash at me again. And we're just doing the best we can. So let's get her started here on Wax One of Four Point Five. Well. I think we've got our ducks in a row again. The lights are staying off. That means that we are broadcasting on air. It's 5 o'clock here at Wax 104.5. And it is time for some national news.
2: NBC News Radio. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Pentagon is warning China against supplying lethal aid to Russia in its war against Ukraine. Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh told reporters China will face consequences should they provide material support to the Kremlin. She said China has yet to do so, but they haven't taken the option off the table. She also called Russia's decision to suspend a key nuclear arms treaty with the U.S. unfortunate and irresponsible. A suspect accused of carrying out multiple deadly shootings in Florida is in custody. At 19, he has a lengthy criminal history to include gun charges, aggravated aggravated battery and assault uh, with a deadly weapon, burglary, and grand theft charges. Police say they happened Wednesday in and around the same scene in Pine Hills near Orlando. A woman was found fatally shot in the morning. Later on, authorities found two men shot in or near a vehicle, both of whom were journalists covering the previous shooting. One was pronounced dead. In addition, a woman and a nine-year-old girl were shot inside of a home. The nine-year-old died. The 19-year-old suspect is being formally charged in the morning murder. More charges are expected. The special counsel overseeing a criminal investigation of former President Trump is issuing subpoenas to Trump's daughter Ivanka and her husband, Jared Kushner. Brian Shook reports. The New York Times reports special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed the two as part of his investigation into Trump's efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Both Ivanka and Kushner served as senior White House advisors in the Trump administration. Smith previously issued a subpoena to former Vice President Pence, who says he will fight the demand for his testimony in court. I'm Brian Shook. And travel issues aren't going away as a massive winter storm slams the U.S., FlightAware says more than 1,600 U.S. flights were canceled Wednesday and another 1,100 were canceled for today. Winter weather alerts were issued across more than 20 states in recent days. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio.
0: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Well, we've made it to our first uh, stop here, and the lights are still off. That means we are broadcasting temperatures in Eau Claire at 16, hazy. and But the real feel out there is one, so make sure you bundle up, put on those hats and gloves and boots. And, you know, it's a lot of snow out there in Medford, 14 degrees, Rice Lake, 15, Wausau, 16 in snow, Green Bay, 24 in snow, Marshfield, 17 in light snow, lacrosse 21, Madison 29 in fog, and Milwaukee 32 in cloudy. In here today, our temperature is supposed to crawl on up to 22 degrees, breezy with snow likely. Tonight, negative 7 for the temp. Tomorrow, cold, only getting up to 13 degrees in partial sun, and tomorrow night, 3. But then we're going to crawl out of it a little bit and get into 28 on Saturday, 34 on Sunday, and Monday, we might get a little more snow, although I'm not sure you could even tell it as long as it's not too deep. But there's a lot of snow out there, so be careful. Give yourself extra time. If you have something that is scheduled for today, make sure you call ahead and make sure it's still happening. Because, yes, we're plowing out, but it's going to take a little while with the amount that we've gotten. So we better get working on those chores. And up next is The markets.
0: Keep it at Rural, Wax 104.5, and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: And it's that time for our first set of markets. We're starting with our cash livestock. Choice-fed beef steers are 154 to 161 with mixed at 114 to 153.5. Choice-fed beef heifers are 154 to 165 with mixed at 112 to 153.5. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 133 to 141 with select and silage-fed steers 95 to 132.5. Cows are 68 and a half to 114. Bulls are 90 to 115. Butcher hogs are 40 to 75. Sows are 49 and a half to 53. Boars are 25 to 26 and a half. Unshorn market lambs are 140 to 155. Feeder lambs are 140 to 250. Ewes are 70 to 95. Small goats are seventy to two dollars, medium goats are one hundred sixty to two hundred eighty dollars, large goats are two hundred to five hundred ten dollars, with nanny goats at one hundred ninety to three hundred eighty dollars. Rolling on over to our mercantile exchange. And our futures for live cattle. February one hundred sixty-four ninety up fifteen cents. April one hundred sixty-five seven and a half down two cents. June one hundred sixty one ten. 22 and a half cents and August 15990 up 22 and a half cents. And our feeder cattle futures March 18797 and a half up 10 April 19175 up 95 cents. May 19562 and a half up 75 cents and August 20962 and a half up $1.25. And our lean hog carcasses for April 86.55, down $2.55. May $95.75, a down $1.42.5 cents. And June $103.80, down $1.47.5. We're gonna move on over to our Chicago Board of Trade, March Corn, 7. Oops, excuse me. March corn, 674 up a half. March oats three sixty seven up three cents. March soybeans fifteen thirty eight down a penny and a half, and our March soybean meal four hundred ninety one dollars a ton down a dollar, and our March wheat seven dollars and thirty five cents down a penny, and our cheese markets barrels. 160 up one and three quarters 40 pound blocks 196. No change from yesterday. And our gray double A butter 238. No change. And our class three milk futures February 1788 down three cents. March 1790 down four cents. April 1790 down 17 cents. And May 1836 down nine cents. June no change and sitting at 1889 and the markets were going down for those five months, but then they're turning around and heading upward for the end of the year. And that's our first look at markets, brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. Time to get some more of those chores done, and then we'll look at some ag news.
0: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: And we have some time for some ag news today. U.S. beef exports set records for both volume and value in 2022, according to data released by USDA and compiled by the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Beef exports reached 1.47 million metric tons in 2022. That's up 2% from the previous record set in 2021. Export value jumped to a record $11.7 billion. That's up 10% from 2021 and almost above the previous five-year average. Export value to South Korea was $2.7 billion. That's up 13% and an all-time record high for any single destination. Beef exports to China, Hong Kong, jumped 22% to $2.6 billion in 2022. Other markets where beef exports grew to record highs Two record highs include Taiwan, the Philippines, Singapore, Colombia, Guatemala, and the Dominican Republic. Exports exports accounted for 15.2% of beef production in the U.S. in 2022. Grain traders are predicting smaller harvests in Ukraine in 2023. Ukrainian Grain Traders Union stated last Friday that their grain and oilseed crop harvest is set to fall to 64.8 million tons in 2023 from 72.7 million tons in 2022, almost an 8 million ton decrease. 17.4 million tons of wheat and 21.1 million tons of corn are included in the expected 2023 t- harvest totals. The Grain Traders Union also released expected export amounts for the 2023 and 2024 marketing seasons of 14 million tons of wheat and 20 million tons of corn. The smaller harvest in Ukraine will have an impact on the whole world. And the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection Secretary, Randy Romansky took part in the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture 2023 Winter Policy Conference in Washington, D.C. last week. He proposed two action items related to animal health. The first action item encourages USDA to publish rates or guidance explaining which disease response costs the federal government will cover in an attempt to reduce confusion for producers and aid states as they develop emergency plans. The second action item encourages USDA to develop incentives to help producers develop depopulation and disposal plans to prepare for animal disease emergencies. Romanski's proposals are both expected to help eliminate confusion and aid efficiency in dealing with animal disease emergencies. Both items passed the organization with a unanimous vote. It's just looking out and trying to see if we can get together with a plan and help out when we have those animal emergencies. Well, right now, we are sitting at 16 degrees with a real feel of one, and to, we're, the snow is out there, and it's going to start blowing around. We have nine weather alerts, and here in Eau Claire, we have the winter storm warning. So be careful out there. Give yourself some extra time. We need to get through some more chores, and then we'll have a longer audio with David Bonhoff, he's going to talk about snow load. Really appropriate for this t- moment in time. Snow load on those farm roofs and what we should be doing about it. So we better get through some more chores.
0: Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: As snow accumulates off and on this winter... Farm building safety and maintenance are integral in preventing total roof collapse. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. David Bonhoeff, professional engineer and emeritus professor of structural building and construction engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, says the key causes of agricultural buildings collapsing during the winter aren't necessarily due to the snow, but a failure in the structure's engineering. The snow is just the tipping point of what can create a domino effect of things going wrong
4: a typically balanced snow load where we have a nice uniform snowfall onto a rough typically is not a problem. The issue is when we get a snowfall and then we have a wind that accompanies that snowfall and blows that snow to a particular area of the roof where it accumulates That typically can be over the top of the ridge or it can be in the valley where there are two intersecting roofs and if the building hasn't been adequately designed to handle those loads you could be looking at a potential structural failure. Farmers that have had their buildings properly engineered typically wouldn't be looking at those sort of problems but we do have a lot of agricultural buildings, probably the majority of agricultural buildings that aren't structurally engineered, meaning that they're not specifically engineered for the application or the location. And that presents those sort of problems. You know, there are still things you can do if you do have snowfalls and you have these bad drifts. You obviously can try to remove that snow. You have to be very careful how you do that. In a lot of cases these buildings are very large so it becomes very difficult, meaning that you can't maybe pull the snow off the roof from the edge of the roof. There's a lot of farmers that have equipment that can get them up to the eave where they can try to pull it off while going on the roof. You really do not want to go on the roof, particularly if there's already heavy snow on there. You're just adding weight to it and then you have to be Careful about what type of equipment you use so that you don't ruin the rough then you're just setting yourself up for other problems that aren't snow related no rough leaks being the principal problem
3: how many agriculture structure buildings collapse each year how many collapses happen it
4: really does vary by location by the year it's really a matter of if we have a fairly heavy snowfall in a particular region and we do seem to get one of those i would say maybe every other year Lately, I think with uh, the climate change that is occurring, we're getting some slower moving fronts, which tend to drop a lot more precipitation. We seem to get heavier rainfalls because of slower moving fronts. And again, they're really not an issue if your building's been properly engineered. You shouldn't see farm buildings failing at any greater rate than you would see uh, residential buildings homes collapsing or commercial buildings collapsing. When we do see a lot of agricultural buildings fail, without seeing other buildings fail, that is just an indication that engineering has been largely ignored. Understand that, you know, I'm a registered professional engineer. We do have a number of engineers that are certainly qualified to design agricultural buildings. are very familiar with them, work for companies that build agricultural buildings, and they'll design those buildings in accordance with the building code. And it's one of those things that gets questioned frequently by a lot of people and they'll say, well, agricultural buildings aren't designed to the same load standards and that's why they fail. Well, that's not true. Engineers, all the engineers I know that work for these companies design those buildings in accordance with the building codes. The problem is, is that when they're not structurally engineered, there's typically some kind of a, what I call a weak link in the design. And these buildings are Actually, fairly complex structural systems, and it just takes a weak link in one particular area sometimes to cause a catastrophic failure. A chain reaction collapse, where we get a particular element that hasn't been properly braced, it'll buckle. It might be a truss web member that hasn't been properly braced, and it buckles. And once it buckles, that truss fails. And when that truss fails, the one next to it fails, and it goes boom, boom, boom all the way down the line, and we see the whole uh, building come down. So. Uh, Frequently, when we see failures, it usually is... uh One of those sorts of failures where a single element hasn't been properly braced. And when it's not properly braced, it typically maybe can only take 25% or 15% of the load that people thought it could take. It's frustrating from the perspective that these building failures don't need to occur. If people would just, I would say, put a little bit of extra money into proper engineering. And I'm talking about a very small amount of money. They will actually save you more money than they will cost you. See a lot of buildings that go up that aren't engineered and certain elements are way over-designed and other elements are under-designed. There's this improper balance, and the over design components, Now yeah, they're fine, but you're paying all this extra money for them, and yet you have built in all these weak links into the system, these underdesigned components that are going to cause that whole big building to fail. So get somebody in there that knows what they're doing, that gives you this nice balanced design, and you won't have the failures that are very common in the agricultural industry. One of the main reasons that this occurs is that agricultural buildings are exempt from building codes in most of the states and that's a historic thing and it wasn't really an issue when we had smaller agricultural buildings but now that we have large buildings in my opinion we should never exempt agricultural buildings From the code, those large buildings, they should all have to be properly engineered. You know, I can understand people that say, I want to be able to do what I want to do. If I don't want to engineer it, um, I should have, you know, that say. You know, and I think to a certain extent, I can't argue necessarily against that. But on the flip side of it, if it's endangering people, it's endangering employees that don't have that particular say, and that's becoming more and more the case, as buildings get bigger, you're talking about bigger operations, you're talking about a lot more employees, you're talking about a lot. more employees in that building at the time that is likely. And so the one thing I would say to farmers, if you're considering building a new building, especially a large building, just make sure that it is properly structurally engineered. And there's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, we engineered your building. And it really truly hasn't been. They're talking about maybe a truss that's been designed to take a certain load. And that truss hasn't been installed properly it hasn't been braced properly so regardless of what people tell you that building's not going to take the load that people have basically told you when they sold it to you that it is going to take and that's an issue
3: so when people are thinking about constructing these new buildings are there different things to be thinking of for agriculture structures versus residential that these farmers should be aware of or specific contractors or engineers to be reaching out to compared to others
4: homes and residential buildings by and large are small buildings. And so we typically won't see snow loads. And there's a couple different things going on here. There is a special code for residential buildings. It's a different code than we use for commercial buildings like agricultural buildings. Those commercial building codes, codes that would apply to agricultural buildings if they weren't exempted, it really requires structural engineers to do the structural design work to make sure that that larger building is going to be able to withstand all those forces that are applied to it. And that's not only snow, that's wind it's seismic forces if you're in earthquake zones there's a certain amount of uh, what we call dead loads. there's loads due to the use and the occupancy of the building you know depending upon what you're putting into that building it's going to apply some loads those are all taken into account by the structural engineer On residential buildings the residential code that applies is what we call a prescriptive code it really comes in and it says okay if your floor for example is spanning this distance the support members should be- be this large. It tells you exactly how large each structural component should be. It tells you how to put them together. It prescribes all the elements, specifies them for you. So we are actually, in effect, taking the engineer out of it, which isn't necessarily a problem if you have really small structures. There is a big difference, therefore, between residential buildings and agricultural buildings.
3: What maintenance can be done throughout the year that farmers can do for these farm buildings to help prevent any structural damage when it comes to winter.
4: There are a lot of things that go on in especially animal confinement facilities that will degrade and deteriorate the building fairly rapidly in some cases. For example, if you have a metal plate connected wood truss, and there are a lot of those in our free stall barns, those plates on those trusses are being subjected to a lot of moisture and condensation and it'll be on there and maybe in the morning it'll disappear maybe in the afternoon as things warm up and then it's back again depends upon outside weather conditions along with that moisture there's a lot of off-gassing of ammonia of sulfur dioxide there's different gases being off gassed by manure and those tend to be very corrosive once those gases basically mix with the moisture contents in the air and can condense onto those plates you're getting basically an acid on those plates that enhance corrosion. It's just that constant cycling and, and corrosion, which occurs fairly rapidly in certain locations, especially near like an open ridge of these animal confinement facilities. If you look up at those plates and you see that they're corroding or that some of them have even started to fail, you need to get in there. You need to reinforce that joint. You know, there are ways to get around that. I mean, and it's occurring more and more, and that is is that we don't use metal plate connected wood trusses as much as we used to in these large animal confinement
1: well, that's some great information, but I'm not sure I'm worried about uh, the, the legal part of things right now. I'm just hoping that all the buildings stay standing with the snow load that we've gotten just as of late. Well, We need to get back to the chores, and we'll be hearing from Rocky Olson coming up next.
0: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Well, just as promised, I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. We are talking a little bit about snow. I think we got plenty. What do you think?
5: I, I would say. I didn't really go out and check it out, but uh, looks like some pretty good drifts out there. But it's, I don't like to say, sure going to be hard to tell how much snow we did get.
1: Yeah, well, and the wind is supposed to pick up more today, too, so. No, wonderful. That'll keep us on our toes. Yeah, you bet. All right, what happened at the market yesterday?
5: Uh, thank you, Joe. Good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We did have a light run of dairy cattle yesterday, uh, selling eighty-five head. We did have a lot of cancellations and plenty of good cattle showed up though. Uh, top fresh cows brought twenty-two hundred to twenty-nine hundred. Uh, other good cows fifteen to twenty-one seventy-five. Top spring and heifers fourteen to nineteen. Lesser quality thirteen seventy-five and down. Uh, next week, uh, big dairy cattle auction. We had a lot of rollovers into the, this next week's auction. Uh, we'll. Be expecting 800 head of dairy cattle for next week between two sales on Tuesday. Uh, we got our special monthly dairy heifer auction. We're expecting 500 head of dairy heifers. Um, like I said, uh, do have several dispersals there, including a small dispersal of registered Swiss. Then Wednesday we got 300 dairy cattle, including a herd of 120 Holstein Parlor freestyle cows. Exceptional, exceptional loads of top end fresh cows. We're going to have over. 200 uh, milking two- and three-year-old parlor freestall cows. Full details uh, at PremierLivestockAndAuctions.com. Quick market recap for the week here. Strong trade all week. Excellent markets. Top uh prime and choice Holstein fed steers, 140 to 155. Choice beast steers and heifers 142 to 159. Your market cows high yielding from 87 to $1.05. Most cows trading 76 to 86. Uh, market bulls high yielding 97 all the way up to 116. Uh, newborn Holstein bull calves sold from 125 to 225. Your beef calves 150 to 400. Questions on marketing your livestock, certainly give us a call. We're always glad to hear from you. 715 229 2500 We're out in the country looking at livestock every day. Uh, full detailed list of uh, market reports, uh, upcoming sales schedules, uh, and uh, pre-consignments on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Don't forget, large machinery auction coming up March 24th. We're still accepting consignments, and it looks to be a very, very large auction coming up. Uh, Nationwide buyers with proven results. Got equipment to sell. You guys get it in and let us get it advertised for you. Uh, Lots of pictures already taken. Ads are going out daily here, so... Uh, If you want to be a part of that, get in on it soon, and that's the way it shaped up, Joe.
1: So the guy's out plowing the yard out, so everybody will be able to get into the market really efficiently today?
5: You betcha. Always efficiency over there, right? You bet. Be running as normal. I'm sure it's going to be a lighter run, and when you're selling market cattle, keep in mind, weather's like this. Your market cattle bring more money because there's less of them, so...
1: All right, good advice Always from Rocky Olson From Premier Livestock And have a great day You too And we're just moving right along here And I'm thinking that Mike might have something to tell me About the weather that's been going on
6: No, it's quiet as a church mouse, Jill I don't know what you're talking about
1: (laughs) Well, I stepped out the door And I was like, oh man Because I had shoveled her out by my pickup Before I went too bad, and I it didn't matter.
6: Yeah, no, we've had uh, some heavier rates of snowfall, which again is what we're seeing right now. And well, by the time this is all said and done, we could see an additional anywhere from about two to four inches, with some locally higher amounts possible. Mostly north of I ninety four, southern areas may not see quite as much. Otherwise, going into this afternoon, we'll still have some very blustery winds uh, taking us through the day, so that'll blow around the snow that's already fallen. All this to say, we still have this winter storm warning in effect until noon today. Highs today only reaching about the low 20s and even cooler for tomorrow as we'll start to see a little uh, bit of sunshine, but highs only reaching about the low teens. And then we'll start to see another chance at a quick round of snow showers going into tomorrow night. Slim chance of that, but still possible. Mostly cloudy otherwise. And then sunshine returns on Saturday. Highs into the upper 20s getting closer to average, and we're back into the low to mid 30s on Sunday with some more sunshine. Monday, however, brings us another chance at some precipitation that could be of the mixed variety, even a little bit of freezing rain mixed in with that as well with highs into the mid-30s. Tuesday, more sunshine, low 30s, and Wednesday, partly sunny and into the mid-30s as well. Now, of course, we do have some heavy snow falling in Eau Claire right now and a temperature of 16 degrees with that wind chill right at zero.
1: Do we have kind of a handle on how much snow we've gotten?
6: As of uh, before we've gotten this burst of snow anyways now, we had a storm total of just shy of nine inches. So I would say about another uh, two to four locally higher amounts are possible. So by the time this is all said and done, right around a foot, possibly a little bit more than that.
1: Well, I've got kind of an interesting, because my longer audio today was about snow loads on buildings. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, so appropriate for today.
6: <laughs> yes, that is true.
1: So, well, you have a good day and keep yourself busy. All right, you too, Joe. All right, and that was Mike D'Andrea from TV13. And we've got some more chores to do, and we'll be hearing from Morgan. She sent us some news because, you know, where she lives up in Boyceville, that gets a little bit interesting when the snow comes.
7: good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Of course, Jack Frost was knocking and apparently somebody let him in, dealing with snow and some uh, dicey road conditions out there as crews are working to clear what fell overnight. We'll keep you posted as that unfolds today. In other headlines, Eau Claire Fire Department responded to a structure fire early Wednesday morning. This was just north of downtown. And we do know now that uh, when officers arrived, they reported and found a detached garage involved in the fire. The home was in close proximity to that, but the fire was contained in time to protect the home from fire damage. No injuries reported, though the cause of the fire is now under investigation. Well, the bench brought out voters. Eau Claire County voter turnout topped 17 percent on Tuesday, with the biggie on the ballot being that race for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Election managers say it's much higher than last spring's primary when just 10 percent of voters cast a ballot. Voter turnout in an off year in February elections is traditionally pretty low, of course more people will vote in april still though usually not as much who voted during the presidential elections as we look into other headlines that stretch the state there's an idea at the capitol and the plan would guarantee health insurance for police officers and firefighters state senator van wangard has legislation out to co-sponsor it would clarify state law and require cities to offer health insurance coverage to first responders and their families the legislation is in response to a ruling from wisconsin's employment relations commission last summer that said cities do not have to offer insurance benefits if they don't want to, we have our weather here to deal with. But what about power crews? It was actually a pretty busy day and will be another one in the southeast part of Wisconsin. We Energy says teams will be back out to restore power to people who lost electricity in yesterday's snow in that area. We Energy saying about 35,000 people remained in the dark, most of them kind of in that uh, Racine, Burlington, Kenosha area. It's really the ice here that uh, Amy Jans tells Channel 6 in Milwaukee is the worst of it.
8: Ice is one of the worst things that, and combined with the wind gusts that we might be seeing. When- ice builds up on branches and on trees they can get really heavy break and coming to contact with our power lines
7: back here the uh, wheel tax discussion rolls forward and if that's something you want to be a part of an upcoming meeting can allow you to do that Eau Claire is going to be chatting about that tonight with city council hosting a public meeting that will be at city hall also a live stream available and we can find that click online where you can stop at 715 newsroom.com as Eau Claire leaders are looking to add a wheel tax to pay for road maintenance in the city maybe you have kiddos home for a sn- day. It's not so much frosty making snow out there, more of the powdery kind. Maybe crank out a few snow angels. But in Michigan, you're going to the schools there. They're celebrating in glorious fashion. This was at a basketball game this week. There's a play-by-play announcer. His name is Aiden. He's going viral for this call and a win on Tuesday night this week in that state.
6: Oh, I've never seen that before.
8: Breaking news. Lost call. The snow day
7: at Hamilton. Woo! No school for me tomorrow. He's a sophomore. He was broadcasting games online for school, and you think he was just a little bit excited to uh, find a snow day coming his way. But, of course, there's no snow days for the farmers. Chores have to be done, and we do head back to the barn with Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Well, I think
1: he was pretty excited about that snow day. I think if we tried to do a snow angel up here, you he might get a little bit poofed and buried. And let's look a little bit about what's going to happen this weekend and even farther ahead. So don't miss the 59th annual Eau Claire Farm Show. That's March 7th and 8th at Menards Chippewa Valley Expo Center. Show hours are 9 to 3.30 both days with free parking and free admission. There will be exhibitors from all areas of agriculture plus free health clinics like cancer screening and blood pressure checks. Bring your water samples for well water testing and get a coupon for radon testing in your home. There will also be the FFA Silent Auction and the Annual Aggies Award. That's the Eau Claire Farm Show, March 7th and 8th at the Menards Chippewa Valley Expo Center. And this weekend, if you're hungry and you're in the Elmwood area, they're having a pancake breakfast on Saturday, the 25th, starting at 8 o'clock. That'll be at the Elmwood Cafeteria and Elmwood Schools. And it's a free will donation, I believe. and But it's an all-you-can-eat pancake breakfast. And if you're here in the Eau Claire area, there's the Sarah Nelson Memorial Pancake Breakfast. That's on Sunday, February 26th, 8 a.m. to noon at the Pleasant Valley Community Center in Clegghorn. There is a little bit of a fee for that, but I was there last year, and I'm planning on going to the pancake breakfast in Clegghorn on Sunday, at starting at eight o'clock till noon, and if you're looking for some entertainment Sunday night, Asu uh, Fairchild is going to be having donkey basketball. The doors open at six o'clock, and it's at the high school main gym. So some donkey basketball. I'm uh, I won't be riding, but I plan on being down there just to take it all in because it's usually quite entertaining. And that's for this weekend after we dig out. But we need to get some more of the chores done and hear from some of the equity markets. But let's move on through some more chores.
0: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Well, it is 16 minutes before 6 o'clock here at Wax 104.5. And we need to hear from Brittany F. Barron. For fed cattle, our choice beef, steers, and heifers sold 130 to 142.
7: High-yielding choice Holstein steers were 130 to 138.50. Choice Holstein steers sold 118 to 129. And unfinished steers and heifers sold 117 and down. As for cull cows, the
1: top 20% sold from 91 to 98.50. 60% sold from 69 to 90. The bottom 20% sold 68 and down. For calves, our beef calves sold 100 to 192.00. Quality Holstein bull calves were 50 to 120, topping at 140. And our light and poor quality calves were 49 and down. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is March 18th. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and stay safe out
0: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: And very appropriate for today, we're going to slide on down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hot Eamon.
9: Fed cattle selling steady to stronger with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 159 to 168, topping at 169.5. Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 148 to 158. The Dairy cross Steers 142 to 157. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 138 to 145. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 127 to 137. With the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers, 126 and down. Cow market steady to stronger. With the high yielding cows bringing 85 to 95. The cutters and utilities 69 to 84. With the low yielding and canner cows, 68 cents and down. Bull market stronger. With most bulls bringing 95 to 110. Topping at 116.5 with a thin full and bulls over a ton at 94 cents and down. Just a reminder, our next sale will be tomorrow, Thursday, February 23rd, for our special bread beef cow sale starting at 12 noon. So far, we have about 140 consigned, expecting anywhere from 140 to 175 head total. We still will be selling, even with the weather. This is Hot Gaming at Equity Lives in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business.
0: The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm
1: Report. Well, we got our Equity and barren covered and our Equity and Sparta covered, and I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. On the line, ready to tell me about what's going on up there. Joe, good morning to you.
8: I, I trust you stayed in Eau Claire last night? I did. Well, that was probably, you didn't have to drive very far to work, and so uh, the uh, uh, wax suite at the uh, Eau Claire Hilton is pretty nice, huh?
1: Oh, it is. It is. It is.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, make make sure you get the continental breakfast, too, you know. so. <laughs>
1: well, when I get up, I'm not really ready for breakfast, so...
8: Okay, well, uh, we'll get to the market report in just a minute here, but uh, uh, due to the weather, uh, there will not be a sale today at Equity Stratford, so uh, we'll uh, reiterate that at the end of the report here, but to pass that along to your friends and neighbors, uh, if they're even able to get out of their driveway, I know I... I will not be able to until we do some shoveling. But anyway, so uh, with all the stuff that's going on with the weather, so we did. Uh, we decided not to have a sale today at Equity Stratford, so uh, we'll be back up and running uh, full bore on Monday. But in the meantime, we'll recap what happened yesterday. Uh, uh, at Equity Stratford, Jill, thanks and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday here. We'll start the feeder cattle sale. Uh, lighter weight beef steers yesterday selling mostly from $1.45 to $1.85. Heavier beef steers selling in a range mostly from $1.27 to $1.36. And the beef heifers yesterday, uh, 125 to 175 And the lighter weights, heavier beef heifers, mostly $1.10 to $1.59. Holstein's, about all weights of Holstein's yesterday's auction, $88 to $1.25. Market cattle continue to be on a strong trend on the cows yesterday. Conventional market cows, high yielding cows on yesterday's auction, uh, they were selling from eighty five to ninety seven. Most of the cows yesterday's auction uh, selling between uh, sixty eight and eighty five. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, sixty five and below. On the fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers uh, one thirty two to one forty seven. Select under finished cattle uh, uh, one twenty four and below. On the bull market uh, this week, better quality bulls are selling mostly from. 85 to 108. Lighter weight bulls, 82 and below. Calf market yesterday, good quality Holstein bull calves, 100 to 225. Heifer calves, pretty limited demand this week, 30 and below. Beef calves, very strong again, uh, 175 to 375. And as I mentioned, uh, at the top, we uh, we have canceled the sale for today. Uh, Just, uh, well... uh, it's, uh, we got a little low in the snow right now. I see the radars clear, but there's another big run coming in. Uh, what were they talking about? Another four inches here this morning. So, Anyway, folks, uh, if you got any questions, uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be anybody at the market right away this morning, but we will not be having a sale today, so uh, pre- pass the word on, and uh, we'll be back uh, Monday morning. And, of course, do remember that we are open Sunday afternoon uh, from 3 to 8. We do receive your cattle for Monday's auction. So, Jill, that's what we have to report this morning, and if anybody is able to get out, do drive careful because uh, uh, we got a lot of snow, but snow is not the problem today. It's going to be that awful wind.
1: Well, yeah, and the wind is really picking up, and where the snow was plowed off is it's kind of icy underneath again.
8: Oh, so. boy, that's – well, yeah, it's, it should be – if we do get out there to move this stuff, Is this, it's kind of fluffy stuff. That's why it's all blowing around. So are you, uh, you planning on going home today or –
1: I don't know. I haven't made that decision yet.
8: <laughs> mm. I,
1: I, I'm a little bit ahead of me. That's as far as I make my decisions.
8: Yeah, well, long as somebody's keeping an eye on your calves because you don't want to get or your calf. You don't want to get home uh, Saturday morning, have about three or four calves out there.
1: <laughs> we actually had our first, had one, our first
8: one, yesterday. one yesterday. no kidding. Yeah. Well,
1: she, she was in the shed. She's, she's the all shed. ready to go. It, she's got a coat on. My first heifer calf. So she's wearing a pink coat.
8: Well, you can, after the weather, you can name it Florida or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it needs to be something that starts with an L, so we're trying to think of something weather-like that was L, but, you know. Well, I've
8: got an L weather, but you don't want to name a calf lousy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. She's too cute for that. All
8: so. right, Jill. Uh, you have a nice day, and uh, uh, folks out there,
1: take care. Absolutely. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford with the announcement there will be no sale at Stratford today. They are closing the doors because of the weather. The snow is coming down yet and it's blowing around. So no sale at Equity Stratford today. We need to get to our next set of markets.
0: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: And it's time for our second set of markets, sponsored by Northside Elevator. Chicago Board of Trade March corn six seventy four up a half. March oats three sixty seven up three cents. March soybeans fifteen thirty eight down a penny and a half, and March wheat seven thirty five down a penny. And our country elevator prices: wheat and grain. Chippewa Falls location six twenty for corn and fourteen seventy three for beans. Connorsville location six twenty and fourteen sixty eight. Golden Plump and Arcadia six thirty eight for their corn. Baldwin, 6.30 and 14.70. Duran, 6.25 and 14.63. Mondovi, 6.30 and 14.69. Elmwood, 6.30 and 14.73. Fall Creek, 6.16 and 14.48. Osseo, 6.35 for corn and 14.73 for beans. Elk Mound is 6.26 and 14.74. Sparta, 6.20 and 14.64. Ellsworth, 6.06 and 14.21. Northside Elevator, Loyal, 624 for corn and 1472 for beans at the Arcadia location six twenty-seven six thirty-seven and fourteen seventy-four at our ethanol plants. Boyceville, six thirty-nine, Stanley six thirty for corn, and New Richmond 622. And rolling on over to our cheese markets, barrels 160 up 1 and 3 quarters, 40-pound blocks, 196, no change from yesterday. Gray Double butter, 238, no change from yesterday, and our class three milk futures. February 1788 down 3 cents. March 1780 down 4 cents. April 1790 down 17 cents. May 1836 down 9 cents. June 1889 no change. And then after June, the markets are looking upward for our dairy, for our milk futures. That's what I have for news. We've got a few more chores to do. And our high today is only supposed to get up to 22. It's going to be breezy out there with more snow likely. Tonight, low is 7 below. Here on Wax 104.5. Right now, we're at 16 degrees with a real feel of 0. A lot of shoveling to do. Tomorrow is going to be cold. Only a high of 13. Be careful out there. Enjoy your kiddos. Most Schools were closed. The list is so long. If you have something with a schedule, make sure you call ahead and make sure it's still happening. And that's what I have for you for the Farm Show this morning. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other.